0: You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, moving over from Zag Score and taking over here at Locked On. I want to thank all of you for making this podcast your first listen of the day. Whether you are new to my show, new to my content, new to Gonzaga Basketball, new to podcasts, whatever it may be, I appreciate you being here, taking a listen. I also appreciate those of you who are watching on YouTube. We have been on YouTube for just over a week now. The goal is 200 subscribers before Gonzaga and Duke square off on Friday evening, Black Friday. Going to be a great game. I'm very close to hitting that 200 subscriber mark. So please, 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 if you haven't yet hit that subscribe button, go to Locked On Zags on YouTube. Sincerely appreciate you all checking it out. Happy Thanksgiving to those of you who celebrate, to those of you who are listening to this on actual Thanksgiving. I appreciate it. Today is not only Thanksgiving Thursday, it is another edition of. Of Andy Locks, the parody of Goldilocks that we've been doing for the last month or so where I take your hot takes or your cold takes or your just right takes and I grade them, let you know whether I think they're too hot, too cold, or just right. You all have been so great at sending in takes for this segment over the last few weeks. I really appreciate it. Obviously, it's so fun to interact with all of you, hear what you have to think, have to say, have to think about this team, kind of give my thoughts on it as well. A ton more for this week as well, even with the holiday coming up, of course, Gonzaga just had their huge win over UCLA with that upcoming game against Duke. So it's a busy, busy week. In Gonzaga Land, I'm thrilled to get the opportunity to speak to you all and talk about some of these hot takes, so let's get right into them. This first take comes from Strike Nowhere on Twitter. The Zags go undefeated, winning every game by double digits, folks. This is what we're here for. This is what this segment is supposed to look like. It the Zags just blew the doors off UCLA. I thought you guys were going to come in nuclear with these takes. This is one of the few that was at this level and frankly, I don't know that this is too hot. For starters, I've mentioned this before. The double-digit parameter for victories is very meaningless to me. I don't think that a 10-point victory is in any way symbolic of a a better victory than like a three-point win. Games are either one or two points, like right to the final possession, or they're like usually eight points because there's free throws at the end of the game and teams kind of pull away. A team can win a game by 10 points that was a four-point game with 48 seconds to go. Like, that happens frequently. So I understand the the sentiment here, the point of this question, but I don't know that that matters. Basically, this question to me is, do the Zags go undefeated? I don't think that's too hot of a take. I mean, hell, the Zags did it last year until they ran into the buzzsaw that was the Baylor Bears in the national championship game. This year's roster looks—they don't look worse. They do not look worse than last year's roster. They are dramatically improved defensively. It does not look like they've taken a step back offensively. More importantly than that— Last year it was always Gonzaga Baylor. There was a lot of debate on who the third team was. If you remember, the discourse on Twitter was people saying Gonzaga Baylor and so and so and Houston and Villanova and Kansas and those teams then lost. And it was always just one and two. Always just one and two. It was just Gonzaga and Baylor. And then of course they met in the national championship. And then Baylor had a lot more success. We'll put it that way. But this year they don't even look like there's a two. UCLA was too. They just got their doors blown off by Gonzaga. Does Duke step into that role? What if Gonzaga beats Duke? Like, who is it Kansas? Is it Purdue? I, I could see it being Purdue. They have a lot of size. They have a lot of physicality. Beyond that, if Gonzaga beats Purdue, excuse me, Duke, they're not going to play Purdue yet. If Gonzaga beats Duke by more than 10 points, I think this very likely comes true, at least until the NCAA tournament. Once you get in the tournament, winning by 10 is tougher because teams just play you hyper competitive. I don't think this is crazy. That's the general point. I think it's probably too hot, but it could happen. <laughs> Gonzaga could finish two straight, two full seasons with only one combined loss in the national championship game. That'd be pretty cool. Next up, this one comes from Corey Bishop on Twitter. He says, Gonzaga brings home the Kuzi Malone and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar position awards at the end of the year. Of course, the Bob Kuzi award is for point guards, Carl Malone for power forward, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for centers. The representatives for Gonzaga would be Andrew Nemphard. Chet Holmgren and Drew Timmy, respectively. Probably too hot, but uh, but, but barely. I, I don't think this is crazy. I think the hardest one is going to be power forward, and it's not because Chet Holmgren's not super elite and not going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. It's because he's competing with Kofi Cockburn and Paolo Banchero, two really, really talented guys. Uh, I think Drew Timmy's going to win the center award. I think that Andrew Nembhard now has a much, much better chance of winning the point guard award. Uh, After this game against UCLA, the big talk around the town has been that he is the best point guard in college basketball going into the season. It wasn't as widely accepted, I guess, that belief. I think a lot of people thought it. A lot of Gonzaga fans certainly felt that. But now that he's done this on a big stage like that, he's a lot more likely to win that award. I still don't know that they'll get all three, but I don't think it's crazy. Next up, Gonzaga lands two players on the first-team All-American list from Mark via Gmail. This is almost too cold. This is almost too cold. I think this is very possible. Now, again, first-team specifically is difficult. That is a difficult ask. But again, Drew Timmy could do it. Andrew Nemhard could do it. Chet Holmgren could do it. I think those are the only three guys who have a realistic chance at first-team All-American. But two of them doing it is possible. I don't know that it's likely, so maybe I should say that this is just right as opposed to too cold but I think that it's doable. Next up from HeavyDew44 on Twitter. Zags have three All-Americans. See, now we're talking. Now we're cooking with gas. Now, again, this one doesn't specify first team. Three All-American first teams is almost certainly not going to happen. I just don't think that the committee would vote to have three first-team All-Americans from the same team. But amongst the first team, second team, third team, Yeah. I think three is absolutely going to happen. I'd be surprised if it didn't, frankly. So it kind of depends on the specifications here. But I think Gonzaga will have three or more players named All-Americans in some capacity, but probably not more than one, maybe two, on the All-American first team. The last one here in the first segment. Despite foul trouble in the first half, Chet comes back in the second half to shine over Palo and blocks three of his shots. This is from Navy Zag on Twitter. I Love how specific this is. <laughs> a, everyone else in this in this category went very very broad. This one is hyper specific. That means it's almost certainly not going to happen in that capacity. Just because hyper specific predictions are really really hard to get right. But could I see Chet getting in foul trouble against Duke? Yes, they have more physicality than any team Gonzaga has faced this year, and probably will face, at least until the NCAA tournament. They have two really big, beefy dudes who are going to cause a lot of problems. Banchero, hyper-athletic guy, could probably get Chet into some foul trouble. But also, Chet blocking three of his shots doesn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me, I should say. Now, Banchero likes to play away from the rim a little bit, so that makes it harder for Chet to actually block three of his shots. This super specific prediction, probably not going to happen, so I got to say too hot, but I don't think it's crazy either. I think it some something like this could certainly happen. All right, first segment down, talking takes, talking all Americans for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Second segment, we're going to come back, answer more, or I guess grade more of your listener-submitted hot takes. Before we get there, though, let's talk about prize picks. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app, and I know that you will too. PricePix is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players from not only the Power 5 schools, but your favorite mid-major programs as well. New users that deposit and use the promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. PricePix allows mixed sport entries, so you can take the over on Chet Holmgren combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com now and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. All right, second segment. Still Andy Patton, still... Locked on Zags, still talking listener-submitted hot takes, discussing whether they're too hot, too cold, just right. We call it Andy Locks. It's a parody on Goldilocks. Let's keep going. This first one comes from Lucas Porter eight on Twitter. He says Gonzaga and BYU are both undefeated for their matchup at the Kennel in January. So I'm going to say this is just right. Uh, I again, Gonzaga being undefeated is a topic we've already discussed. Being undefeated into January would give them a very good chance of being undefeated into March. If we're being honest, they have to get through Duke and Alabama and Texas Tech in order to get there. That's not an easy task, but if they do, pretty good chance they're undefeated by the time they reach that BYU game. For the Cougars, they would have to beat Creighton and St. Mary's. Those are both winnable games for BYU, without a doubt in my mind. They obviously have other games on the schedule as well. Those are the two most difficult ones. So I think this is very possible. I don't know that I would say that it's likely but it's, it's pretty possible. It's borderline too cold. I think it's there's a pretty good chance that this happens. That's going to be a heck of a game regardless. Next up, this one's from John via Gmail. He says, Gonzaga will be a one seed, but BYU will also be a four or a five seed. So, yeah, John submitted some very nuclearly hot takes about BYU before Gonzaga's games against Central Michigan and UCL. He walked back a few of them, said, hey, I just want to talk about how good BYU is. I said, yeah, we can do that. So BYU, this is probably borderline too cold. BYU at this point looks absolutely like a 4 or 5 seed. I don't know that they'll be higher than that. Being a 3 seed is really hard. They'd have to go—they'd probably have to not lose a single game except maybe one to Gonzaga. That would be the way that they would be at a 3 seed or a 2 seed even. But if they only lose one or two games for the rest of the season, there's a pretty good chance, or three maybe, games for the rest of the season, there's a pretty good chance they end up as a 4 or 5 seed. I think that's very realistic. This team has got has earned a lot of respect. The coaching staff has earned a lot of respect. Barcelos is a stud. Like I think this team will be viewed favorably by the committee. I think there's a really good chance they end up as a 4 or 5 seed. Next one, this one comes from Lucas Porter 8 on Twitter as well. He says, Tommy Lloyd takes Arizona to the Sweet 16 in his first year as head coach. Love it. It's weird rooting for Arizona. It's weird being a fan of the Wildcats. I mean, it was it was happy. We were all happy when they beat Michigan because we can all universally agree to root against Michigan. So that was easy enough. But going forward, it's going to be a little tough to root for Arizona, but we love Tommy Lloyd. Happy for him. They're off to a fantastic 5-0 start. He's looked great as a coach. Umar Bala looked great as a reserve center for them. It's fun to see Zag succeeding in other places. I absolutely think Arizona is a Sweet 16 team. Now, will they make the Sweet 16? It's harder. There's a lot of teams that deserve to be in the Sweet 16 that don't make it. And first-time head coach in the NCAA tournament, you could understand if maybe there's some mistakes, some things that he learned from going forward. But it also wouldn't shock me. Mark Few made the Sweet 16 in his first year as a head coach. It can happen. So I'm going to be watching this really closely. I'm saying that this is just right because I think it's not necessarily easy or a foregone conclusion. Nothing is when you get to March, but it's definitely something that could happen. This next one comes from Mark via Gmail. He says Gonzaga faces the Arizona Wildcats in the NCAA tournament this year. The committee places both teams in the same bracket for the sake of TV interest and drama. Yep. Could absolutely see this happening. You mentioned TV interest and drama. Also, geography is a, is a factor here. They, they don't always adhere to that. Obviously, they wouldn't. that wouldn't be good for TV interest and drama if they always just put the teams that are located in the same area on the same side of the brackets. But it is often a factor. And if Arizona plays well enough to get a four or five seed, they're going to probably, if they get like one of the top four seeds, they're going to be placed on the West Coast. Gonzaga is almost certainly going to be the number one seed in the West Coast at this point. So I could absolutely see this happening. Absolutely see this happening. Now the, the teams would then still have to face each other. You know, Arizona is probably not going to get an eight or a nine seed. They're probably going to get higher than that. So they got to win a couple games if they want to face Gonzaga. Gonzaga obviously has to win a couple games as well, but I could I could definitely see this happening. And last for this section comes from Christian via Gmail. He says, a Baylor versus Gonzaga rematch at some point in the NCAA tournament. Again, trying to predict, you know, we, we can't predict what the bracket's going to look like, obviously, up to this point. I don't know whether I could see the committee trying to put Gonzaga and Baylor. If if Baylor's anywhere above a four seed, I could see them trying to put them as far away from them as possible to hope that there's a rematch in the championship. But who knows, maybe they'll put them on the same side, try to see if we can get them to face each other in the Sweet 16 or the Elite 8. Baylor's got to play up to that level. They're going to be a tournament team. I got no doubt about that. They're probably going to be a top six seed at at worst would probably six is probably the worst that they'll be unless they have some very epic collapse, but it's, you know, it's hard to know whether they'll actually play, play each other. This is probably too hot, but it it's another one of those things that could definitely happen. It's it's November who the heck knows how the NCAA tournament's going to shake out. But I would love to see if Gonzaga had to their path to the championship goes through both Tommy Lloyd and Scott drew again at Baylor. That'd be fun. They'd be a little nerve wracking, but it would be fun. All right. A reminder, we're going to continue to do Andy Locks, Rain or Shine or Holiday. In this case, we're going to do it. I love it. It's one of my favorite episodes every week. I know you all appreciate it as well. I see all the takes. I see all the emails. I appreciate all of it. Please continue to support the podcast, support Andy Locke, support the YouTube channel. Go hit that subscribe button. We're going to come back in the third segment. We're going to talk about more of your listener submitted hot takes and grading them. Before we get there, though, let's talk about Bet Online. BetOnline is back and better than ever. BetOnline has a new web interface for the start of the NBA and college basketball seasons and features more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, plain and simple. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, including some all-time favorites like raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, coconut, and my personal favorite, salted caramel. Of course, BillBar is not only great tasting, they are healthy too. Most BillBar flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. Nine amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. Go to BillBar.com now and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. That's BillBar.com promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. All right, third segment, still grading, listener-submitted, hot takes ahead of Thanksgiving for many of you. Happy holiday. I hope you're celebrating with family, friends, having yourself a good day regardless. There's plenty of hoops on today, even if Gonzaga's not playing. There's a big game on Friday. For those listening then, of course, Gonzaga versus Duke. Massive game, going to be a great show on Friday morning. Talking about that game, check that out as well. But before we get to that... We got some more hot takes to grade. This first one comes from Mark via Gmail. He says, UW has a head coaching vacancy before the tournament is over in April. So the only reason that I think this is too hot is UW is almost certainly going to have a football coaching vacancy It's Jimmy Lake, the whole fiasco that has gone on with that program. I don't think that athletic director Jen Cohen wants to deal with another high-profile coaching search right away. I do also, don't think Mike Hopkins, is his, his seat's pretty hot. I don't know that his job is secure for a very long time. He may not have a job going into next season, but I'm not sure they're going to fire another coach in the middle of the season when they just had to deal with it with Jimmy Lake. If that didn't happen, if that didn't happen on the football side, I would think that this was too just right or even too cold because I think it's likely going to happen. Hopkins' seat is pretty hot. But with the Jimmy Lake situation, they might just let Hop ride it out for the rest of the year and deal with it in the offseason. This next one comes from Christian via Gmail. It says, the WCC has more tournament teams this season than the Pac-12. Hell yes, bring this on. I was expecting this one. I was expecting to talk WCC versus Pac-12. It's the hot topic all over social media. It was the hot topic early in the week. It became nuclear hot when not only St. Mary's beat Oregon, but then Gonzaga blew the doors off UCLA. Two big wins for the conference over the two best or two of the best teams in the Pac-12 Oregon has not looked like one of the best teams in the Pac-12 those last few games, so maybe maybe that's a bit bold to say, but this take is still too bold. It's still too bold. More tournament teams than the Pac-12 would mean they would have to have six teams in the tournament, or maybe five. The worst the Pac-12 is going to do is four. The Pac-12 is going to put UCLA, they're going to put Arizona, they're going to put USC. They're probably going to put either Oregon or Washington State. They're probably going to put both. Both those teams are probably going to make the NCAA tournament. Frankly, Utah and Colorado could make it two. We could be talking six or seven. I'm not saying I agree that the Pac-12 deserves to have six or seven teams in the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying they deserve to have more than four. I'm saying that they will have more than four or five. I would be shocked if they have less than five. And there is no way that the WCC is putting six teams in the NCAA tournament. There's really there's, there's no way the WCC is putting five. I'd be very surprised if they put four. I think four is possible, but I would be surprised. And again, I'm not saying I agree with that. I'm not saying there are not four teams in the WCC who deserve to go to the NCAA tournament. We'll see by the time March rolls around. But as of right now, there are four teams that deserve to go to the NCAA tournament. But I'm saying that by the end of the by the end of February, when March Madness rolls around, five or six teams from the Pac-12 are going to go, and probably only three or four teams at best. From the WCC are going to go, so this is too hot. I just don't think it's going to happen. Whether I think it should or not is a different conversation. This next one comes from Dad Risk on Twitter. He says the WCC gets only two bids, and then he says, "Sorry to be a downer, the upper middle has improved for sure, but these resumes still aren't going to stack up. Two's too low. Two's too low. It's possible. Like I don't know how to whether we call this too cold or too hot. It's possible that only two go, but I'd be very surprised if they don't get three this year. One of St. Mary's or San Francisco is going to make it." Right now, and I know, I know it's the late last week in November. It's far, far away from the season being over. Right now, both those teams are top forty per Ken Palm. Both those teams are receiving votes for the AP Top Twenty Five. For them to fall from from now all the way until completely not making the NCAA tournament, for both teams to make that fall would be pretty disastrous. Again, it could happen. We've seen St. Mary's go through some significant lulls. usF is not an incredibly proven team yet, but I would be pretty surprised if one of those two teams doesn't make it in. I think that saying more than three is is not going to happen is very realistic i I think three is the sweet spot. four feels unlikely to me but two feels unlikely to me too. next one comes from Christian via gmail he says Jalen Suggs gets a triple double this season. I love it. I'm gonna say just right I don't know that this is going to happen. I don't know that I think it's likely to happen, but I definitely think it's possible. It's absolutely possible. He's put together some really nice performances. The scoring has been his cross to bear in the NBA up to this point. Really just the shooting. He's not shooting the ball well. We, he's had stretches where he's looked really good. He's had stretches where he's looked really bad. But he's still getting a lot of rebounds. He's still distributing the ball well. And he's still scoring over 10 points per game. So there's going to be a night where he puts it all together and gets close. I could see him getting 15, 8, and 9, You know, 21, 7, and 9, something like that. But it wouldn't shock me if one day you know, Orlando's either getting getting beat badly or winning a game, you know, by a lot, and he's close, and they're like, oh, let's just let's let him play another six minutes in the fourth quarter where we'd otherwise rest him and see if he can grab that extra rebound and get there. So this is a great, this is a great hot take. I think this is definitely possible. And the last one, another one from Christian focused on the Zags in the NBA, he says, Brandon Clark gets traded, and he says, it's wishful thinking on my part. Yeah, this isn't going to happen this year, but it might happen next year. Uh, Brandon Clark, is next year is the final year of his rookie contract. That's a lot of the time when teams have to make the decision on whether they want to invest in a player for their future. Memphis has seemed to make the decision already that they're not hyper-invested in Brandon Clark's future as a Grizzly. They have been playing him out of position. They've seen his minutes drop precipitously from where he was as a rookie. And even as a, uh, in the second year, his numbers have continued to decline despite the fact that his performance hasn't really declined. They're playing him out of position. It doesn't seem like they have a fit for him on the roster in the role that he's best suited for. I doubt they trade him this year. It could happen. It could happen. I would be, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe that they're going to try to trade him pretty aggressively either this off season or next year during the regular season. All right. Thank you all for indulging the Andy Lock segment. I appreciate it. Happy, happy Thanksgiving to all of you who are listening to this on Thanksgiving day. Happy Upcoming Black Friday and happy happy Gonzaga vs. Duke Day. JJ Jackson from the Locked On Blue Devils podcast joined me earlier today in a pre-recorded episode that you will get to listen to on Friday discussing all things Duke, all things Palo vs Chet, all things Coach K and Coach Few. Super, super fun conversation with JJ. I'm excited for you all to get a chance to listen to that. It's of course going to be available on YouTube which you can hit that subscribe button, try to get me to 200. It's going to be available on podcast forms as well. Finally, thank you again for making this show your first listen of the day. Now is a great time to make your second listen of the day, the Locked On Bets podcast. Locked On Bets is your daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. It is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Thank you all for listening. Happy Thanksgiving and go Zags.